Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Wednesday is one of my favorite days of the week. Tuesday is always super productive for me, and then I feel like I'm cruising into the second half of the week strong. So this is it. This is my first solo podcast episode, and I promise I'm not just going to talk your ears off the entire time, or I'm going to at least not, I'm going to try not to talk your ears off the entire time. Um, But I did just want to try out all of my new podcast equipment that I got for my house before I started interviewing guests again. And I also want to take a minute and share some quick updates and some things I'm learning too. So as you probably have noticed, Crystal is no longer my co-host. She um, has taken on a new role at a corporation and she's just kind of reprioritizing her time, which you have to do what is best for you at all times and I highly encourage everybody to do that. So make sometimes that means making decisions um, that you can't keep doing projects. So I did try and play around with this equipment a little bit yesterday and I was practicing with the editing. So if you hear anything weird <laughs> editing wise, I am going to take full ownership of the fact that I am not fully good at it yet and um, if I do cut anything then I apologize if it sounds a little weird. So to start off, I have a funny story for you, which I can laugh about now, but actually it was not funny at all when it happened. Um, Something that has been on my bucket list to try out was aerial yoga, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically yoga times 50,000 million. Um, There's like these silks hanging from the ceiling And when I say silks, they're kind of like a hammock shape. And you do yoga poses and practice like going upside down and balancing and things like that with the silks. So you're a little bit up off the ground for a lot of the class. So January was like my month of focusing in on just, you know, my self-care and physical resolutions and things. So I decided that was the month I was going to do a class. And I went to my first class. I loved it. I felt like I was flying. Um, And then so two weeks later, I decided to do another one. And it was all going along smoothly. Same thing. I just felt so good in my body and stretching my shoulders and my arms and, you know, all the heart chakra and third eye things are just like happy as can be when suddenly we did this flippy upside down thing. I don't even really know exactly what it was or what happened. I did it great the first time. But the second time I fell, um, my entire body weight fell from waist height, which is where my face was, onto my little tiny chin. And I really do have a really small chin. I have a small head in general, um, not indicative of the brains contained therein, but I have a small head, like when it comes to hats and things. Uh, So yeah, my chin, at first I just, I reached my hand down and I was like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, I'll be fine. Just give me a minute, you know. And when I moved my hand, there was just blood everywhere. So my my chin had actually split open. Um, So I drove myself to the urgent care and I ended up getting seven 
Lucky Stitches. And, you know, ironically, I mean, not that this has anything to do with anything, but it happened at 11.11. And at the same time, I mean, you know, you can't be exact in like down to the minute here, but at the same time, my husband, who is a interior exterior painter, was working on someone's crown molding and hit like this one in a million spot in their house that was a hot water pipe and he burst open the hot water pipe. So my chin, that pipe bursting at the same time, I called him and I was like in tears and he's like, okay, do you need me to go to urgent care? And I, you know, I can handle these things on my own. So I said, don't worry about it. But um, especially once he told me what he had going on. So it was a crazy day. Um, and then I kind of like hid from the world for a whole week because it looked really ugly. It was like Frankenstein face and I didn't really want to scare anybody. So um, so then I, a week later, I got them out and I had gotten all adjusted up at the chiropractor. Um, I just wanted to make sure like my neck wasn't going to suffer any permanent damage from falling on my face. And everything was starting to like look normal and calm. All systems were nearly go again. And then I got slammed with this, which is a really bad cold, which you can probably hear in my voice. Um, I think some background information that would be helpful for you to know is that I rarely get sick. In fact, my husband and I have been married for five years and we've been together for eight years and he said he has never once seen me sick. Um you know, my stomach gets hurty and stuff like that, but I never get like a cold. So a couple days before that, he was sick and I was walking around the house. Honestly, I was a little less than sympathetic. He got hit really hard and, you know, I chalked it up to it just being the man flu and thinking he was like kind of exaggerating because I think that's that's what I, I always think, oh, well, men just get way more sick than women because I never get sick and he, he gets sick. So I feel so bad because I got it handed to me. I was literally crying on the couch. I could not think straight, see straight. I couldn't sleep. Um, it was really rough go. And I, I didn't leave my house uh, Sunday through Friday. Then I finally ventured out for a haircut, which was amazing and made me feel like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, so it taught me a couple of lessons. First of all, Never don't be sympathetic with your spouse. Whether they're sick or they have something else going on, that is just asking for trouble and a karmic kick in your ass. And honestly, it's actually taught me, like, I need to be, I didn't really, it wasn't that I wasn't sympathetic. I just never even knew what people go through when they're sick. So now I plan to be a lot more sympathetic with everybody who is not feeling well and I am reading this really um, great book called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, and she talks about the difference between sympathy and empathy. I am very good at being empathetic, but now I know that I need to work also on being sympathetic and just feeling like someone's, you know, hardship with them and understanding how they're feeling. Um, so the second lesson that it taught me is that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to tell people that you need to let up a little bit on the gas pedal. In all honesty, I had to tell some clients that I wasn't feeling very well because my brain was just completely foggy and I couldn't like 
part of my a lot of what I do is writing and you kind of have to have like creative spurts a lot of times and I just had a really hard time I wasn't I had to work really sporadically sometimes I would feel energy sometimes I just feel completely wiped out and so I just had to tell people and and say you know I need some help and understanding I'm just not feeling well and I will get to it but it it might not be till the following day so on the on, on asking for help um, the Sunday before I was not feeling well I had just gotten my stitches out and it had just been like kind of one of those weeks. I was so exhausted and the thought of cleaning. So every week on Saturday or Sunday, I clean the house top to bottom. And I'm one of these people like I don't just mop the floor. I have to scrub the floor and then I have to mop it after I scrub it. So it's like an intense process. It takes me two and a half hours. Um, and, and last Sunday I was just so tired and the thought of cleaning the house was so daunting. My husband, Jason and I were taking a walk in the back with the dog and the whole entire walk, I was just trying to think of like all of these ways to break up the cleaning. I was like, well, maybe if I make like a chore chart and I do just a little bit every single day, then the house will be clean, you know, by next week. Um, and I was like telling him this and, and then I started thinking like, well, what about Monday when this happens? And what about Tuesday when this happens? And what about when, you know, you just never, I think it's better to, for me just to tackle it all at once because if I try to break it up during the week, I'm just going to procrastinate on different things. I'm like a, I'm like a start to finish kind of person. I love to just like take a project and tackle it all the way. So I was telling, you know, Jason about my plan to break it all up. And he said, well, why don't I just help you? And I was like, oh no, 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 no. So a little fun fact I am notorious for not asking for help and I also don't really love accepting help when I need it but at that point I was really tired and I really dislike vacuuming so I said well why don't you vacuum that would be super helpful and can I just tell you it was like the best day of cleaning that I ever had the house was sparkling one of my least favorite chores I thought was scrubbing the tub, but then I realized the only reason I don't like scrubbing the tub is because it comes after like having vacuumed the entire upstairs and vacuuming the upstairs means like vacuuming under the beds and the couches and you know. Anyway, we used to own um, a mattress store. Maybe part of the reason I don't like vacuuming so much is that I had to like vacuum underneath 14 beds. Otherwise, when people were in the showroom trying beds out, I would just notice all of these little dust bunnies under the bed. So I vacuumed under 14 beds. So maybe I just got a little burnt out. But the tub, it was actually like fun to scrub the tub and the house was just sparkling. And then I didn't have to, you know, crawl under everything and and vacuum. And he, I've been raving to him about like how amazing that was of a help all week long. But the whole project took like, you know, instead of me taking two and a half hours to clean the house, it probably took an hour and I felt like I had more energy after instead of just being completely drained. So it, it taught me a lesson. I need to get a little bit better about asking for help, especially when it's not easy, right? Or you're tired or you're feeling like somebody throw me a life vest here. Um, and I never want to put people out. Like I was actually thinking about this back to my hairdresser. Um, he was like asking me what I want to do with my hair. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. You just do what you want to do with my hair. <laughs> so I think I never 
want to put people out. That's part of it. But it can also be a little bit scary because for me, not asking for help and doing things all on my own is kind of like this badge of honor. And it's it's honestly when people see me busy or they see me overwhelmed and I'm still holding it together and handling it all, it is like, oh, well, I'm I'm so good. You know, I've got all this together despite everything I have going on. But you realize that when you do ask for help and you put your armor down a little bit and get vulnerable, um, you'll realize that there's a lot more people rooting for you and it makes you a little bit more human. And I think people actually like that. So I think people like helping us. Um, So that's something I'm going to work on. But today, I want to dive in on fear and just some things. I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, especially after the yoga class. I was frustrated because that was something that scared me. And that's kind of part of the reason I did it in the first place. And then I fell And then I was like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to go back to do that thing that scared me even more now? Um, And I will say I am going to go back just to kind of get over that. And I don't plan to go upside down again, but or at least not at first. But I, I definitely do want to go and face that fear. But let's talk about fear a little bit. Um. I remember I was I, I've been just like really analyzing this for myself and where it shows up in my life and I was remembering back to when I was a kid because I'm trying to think like when did this actually start so probably just like you when 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 I was a kid I was completely fearless and we used to I have three little brothers and I used to put us all up I think me and my older brother or he's not older than me he's you know my my oldest of the three I used to put them up to some crazy stuff. So we had these monkey bars in the back of our house. It was like an S-shaped monkey bar system, like the ones you see on the playground. My dad literally like poured concrete in the ground and put those things up. And I don't, it was super random, but um, really fun. So, and helped develop quite a lot of upper body strength. So we would hang upside down on these monkey bars just by our knees holding us. And we would swing Like, so picture this, your knees are holding you and your arms are like hanging towards the ground and we would swing like one, two, three, four to get a whole bunch of momentum and then backflip from the monkey bars to the ground. And we also had this tree house, like I don't, I don't, I'm like really bad when it comes to knowing how many feet things are, but it was a high tree house, let's just say. And the tree house had a little trap door and also a little side window. So the four of us, actually, I don't think Matthew would be playing with us yet. So it was the three of us. So we would be inside this treehouse, and the goal was like whoever could be the fastest, like to get out either the trap door or jumping out the side window each time one. And it was like super dangerous. I'm pretty sure one of the neighbor kids uh, broke their ankle playing our game with us. And hopefully my parents didn't get sued, but. <laughs> um, yeah, we used to do things like that and all the I I think another neighbor kid broke her arm on our trampoline because we were playing that bounce me game, you know, where you try to bounce someone like as high as you possibly can and we bounced her off and she broke her poor little arm. Her dad actually did try to sue my parents, I think, but I, I don't know. We didn't go for it. You know, you were the one that let your kid jump on the neighbor's trampoline. So, um hopefully he's not listening to this. So then I got another one for you. We had this 
farm beside our behind our house and there were these bulls that like lived in the pasture I'm pretty sure bulls are like you know like the male cows with horns those ones like the ones that you see in the in the bullpens where you have to stay on for eight seconds um so we had those behind our house and I don't know if the red cloth thing is like legit or not but Peter and I my my brother we thought we would you know test it out so there was a barbed wire fence keeping us from the bulls and Peter and I would climb over the barbed wire fence with red claws and go in there and just like jump around and taunt them and stuff and they would definitely come over in a hurry to see what all the hubbub was about and who these crazy kids were and then Peter and I would run from the middle of the field as fast as we could back over the barbed wire fence trying to get before the bulls. I'm sure it wasn't as dangerous as I'm making it sound, but I do think about like getting caught on that barbed wire fence and how t- stupid that would be. Um, I would talk to anybody that anyone dared me to. So if people dared me to go up to a perfect stranger and tell them something absolutely ridiculous, I would just do it. I was like, when I was a kid, I and even into my freshman year of college, I was really like the walking version of fear factors or impractical jokers. I just was always up for something that was scary. Even in like sports, I did gymnastics and basketball and soccer. And again, like I just didn't know what pain or fear, like I didn't know what those things were, you know. I, I fell from a high bar in gymnastics once and laid on my landed on my face and I remember just springing right back up and getting back on there you know during a competition so my point being I've I've just been thinking about all these things and starting to question when did I start becoming afraid was it in high school when I realized how you know mean kids can be and how boys don't always have the same crush that you have on them back even in high school wasn't really that afraid Was it in college when I realized not everybody likes you? And I went to school, I'm from New Hampshire, and I went to school in Ohio. And when I got into college, everybody was just a little bit different. Like they all knew how to do their hair perfectly and their makeup perfectly. And they all looked perfect all the time. And I think I did start to feel really like podunk New Hampshire and out of place and I started to feel really alone, even surrounded by so many people. So that might have been the start of it. And then, and I also remember I gave my first presentation in college and I stood up and I had given presentations in high school, but this was just completely different. All of a sudden, I just started to feel so nervous about what my peers thought about me and my face turned bright red and I could barely get through the presentation and I think I had to do it again in front of just the professor because I was just so nervous and thank god he didn't just give me an f right then and there um so yeah I I was thinking about a lot of these moments and just small and large fears and I realized that I think what it comes down to is caring it comes down to really what your deepest desires are and when you find your why and that thing that is burning inside of you and you're so fired up about it you're just you get scared um for example when I first met Jason and I just so wanted it to work out with him it was scary I didn't want to make big mistakes in front of him and I wanted to you know I didn't want to do anything that would like sabotage things so I think that was 
also a time that I was scared. But so my my I read this book recently by Marissa Iman, and it's called Super Intense. And she has this uh, quote about fears, which I want to read. It says, fears help guide us towards our deepest desires and enthusiasm for life when we work with them instead of running away from them. And I think that kind of hits the nail on the head. They help guide us towards our deepest desires and enthusiasm for life. When we owned our retail store, I didn't really, so we decided we had owned the retail store for four and a half years and we decided to close the store. And I remember when we opened it, it just wasn't super scary to me. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I've, I've done a little bit of looking into that inside and thought maybe it's just because I wasn't super passionate about it. But when we went to close the store, I didn't really have this feeling of impending failure that, or what will people think of me? I was actually really excited to start something new and for the opportunity to reinvent ourselves but you know what when I decided I was going to start this marketing business and really focus on she built this it was so scary because the vision I have is so big and it's something that I'm just so passionate about that I don't want failure to be an option and I think when failure is an option and you're so passionate about something that's when something starts to feel scary and you start to feel fear. Well, failure is always an option. Um, it still is. So I am allowed to just have these fears. They're, they're, you know, some are small and some are a little bit larger. But what Marissa's quote is saying is these are, fear is kind of like your fellow journeyer. You have to strap it on and take it with you and go anyway. And I don't think, we really have a choice if you want to accomplish something and achieve something. I think you just have to take them with you along for the ride. So that's kind of what I'm doing with this podcast. You know, like me putting this all out there is a little bit scary and showing up vulnerably is a little bit scary, but I have to do it anyway because I care so much and I I just have to do what I'm doing. So you can use your fears, as Marissa, as Marissa's quote said, you can use them as a guide that to show you that you are going in the direction of your dreams and passions. And I will also say, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, there are two sides to a fear. So there is sometimes a element of fear where it's saying that is legitimately a road you should not go down. So you need to pay attention to when you're feeling fear and look to see if it's something you need to dive into or look twice before leaping and run away. Um, I'm not one of those people that say like, you know, face your, do something that scares you every single day just because you should do something that scares you every single day because you want to live a life of passion and desire. And sometimes those things are scary. So my other uh, just kind of ending on that note, I, I just don't lose your life to, to sitting around and planning it. Live it. Just do it. And sometimes that's the only way to face it. So that's my little pep talk for you this today. Uh, my goal with this podcast is, as I have been, I just want to keep bringing in guests and having them share relatable stories with you. I also want 
to bring in experts on things and have them give tips and speak on specific topics that you want to hear about. And I have been getting some really good requests from folks on what these topics should be. So if you have one, you can feel free to email me, DM me, PM me. I'm on all the things, all the places and tell me what you want to hear about or what you're struggling with. I also want to, as I kind of did today, give you like a little lesson of the week or a challenge of the week. So I'm going to be giving you some homework and if you if you choose to accept it, then I would love to hear about it. So my other thought is to start doing some giveaways. So if you have a product that you think would be a good fit for this audience, I would love to do a giveaway and give you a shout out on my podcast So again, you can just email me, DM me, PM me, all those things, and I will be happy to get that ball rolling for you. My goal with this is just to change lives. Even if it is just one person who sees a small change, that is honestly what my work is. And I have a great story about that. My When I was in high school, Dr. Jenny Brock of Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst came and spoke to my high school. And she gave a speech about health and healing in the human body and basically the power of our immune systems. And when I saw her speaking, it wasn't necessarily on the topic that she was sharing on, but the way she changed my life was that I ended up going to school for health education. Well, first I walked up to her and I said, when I grow up, I want to do what you are doing. And at that time, I meant the teaching and the sharing and the speaking. But then the message that she delivered on health and our bodies was so intriguing to me that I did end up going to school for health education. And I actually ended up working for Dr. Jenny. She was my first job out of college. I, I, as soon as I graduated, I like called them right up and I said, all right, remember when I'm when I was going to be doing what you're doing now is your chance to help me get started. So I got to give a lot of workshops at Dr. Jenny's office on sleep and movement and nutrition. And she really did change my life. She also introduced me to my hairdresser. So, you know, there's an extra win there. Um, so if Dr. Jenny is listening, I really appreciate that. And that's, I guess, the kind of thing like you never know what one little action that you do and how it's going to impact somebody else's life so that's what I'm all about is just seeing these synchronicities and synergies happening every single day speaking of changing lives I want to share with you about an event that I have coming up in Portsmouth New Hampshire on March 19th at the AC Hotel The hotel is on the water in Portsmouth, and it is just a stunning venue. It's brand spanking new. We are going to feel like the most pampered ladies in town. This event is a really powerful night, and it's all about authentic networking. And that word that I use, synergy, it's really about a collaboration of like-minded people coming together. And we also, so I bring in three of New Hampshire's top entrepreneurs and they share with us their stories and knowledge and inspirations. This is like one of my favorite events and I'm super excited for the one in Portsmouth. I have Amber Liliestrom. 
She has been on my podcast. When she came in, I swear, she like stared deep into my soul and told me something I will never forget. And I'm sworn to secrecy, so I can't tell you what that is. But it really was awesome. And she's a really lovely person. We also have Amanda Graponi of Graponi Automotive Group. And she has something in store for some folks too. And then Lindsay Taylor of Naughty Good Bites. Naughty Good Bites, oh my gosh, best chocolate. If you like chocolate, this is like the best dessert known to mankind. I bought a box for um, Jason and I, and we are, we like make them last by splitting them, you know, each and every one. But they are so good. You have to look that up. It's naughtygoodbites.com. And she has a really beautiful story. And she is also going to be sharing with us. She has been on this podcast as well. So you could find her episode. It's definitely going to be a night to remember. And you can get your tickets as well as pretty much find out about everything that I'm up to at www.shebuiltthis.org. So I have a really exciting first quarter planned out for this year. I have, I this is just my year of education and growth and learning. So I'm going to this exciting marketing conference in San Diego at the end of this month, February. And I'm going to be attending a mastermind in March. And I also get to speak for an old family friend who I have known literally since my birth on entrepreneurship at a high school in Massachusetts. And then thanks to my friend Tina Brown of Bar Harbor, I get to speak at the Milford Rotary and share the story of She Built This. And I'm really excited for those opportunities. So like I said, this first quarter for me is just one of education and growth. And that is why I would encourage you to add um, the She Built This event in Portsmouth to your calendar because I want you to be a part of it with me. So I'm ready to rock and I hope you are too. To wrap it up, and that is actually a pun and you'll see why in a second, um, I want to give you a challenge for the week. And I also want to thank today's sponsor, Parker Mountain Wraps. See, I told you it was a pun. You just had to wait for it. I'm actually curled up right now, nice and warm, with one of these Parker Mountain Wraps. I put mine in the oven to warm it up because we don't have a microwave, um, but it's like this, but you can put it in the microwave, and it's a weighted wrap, and it's very, like when you when you heat it up, it's warm, but you can also have it be cold if you want. So it helps release serotonin, it has like a very gentle pressure, and it also gives you aromatherapy with lavender. Mine has lavender and peppermint and spearmint if you choose those options so you can check it out and try one for yourself she has a lot of great products like eye pillows and um, fidgets which are helpful for anxiety so you can visit pmcomfortwraps.com and she has given us a promo code she built this 20 and you'll get 20 percent off your whole order until the first day of spring march 19th 2020 so now I'm going to give you your challenge for the week, should you choose to accept it. Your challenge is to do something that scares you, but you know you simply must do it. And I would also welcome you to share it either if you're part of the She Built This Facebook group in the group. If you're not part of the She Built This Facebook group, you can visit shebuiltthis.org and join the She Built This Facebook group. Um, you can share it with me privately if you want or make a social media post about it and tag me. And you can tag me on Instagram at shebuiltthisnh. So I hope you have a great 
rest of your week and it's happy. And I thank you so much for being a part of this and listening. And here's a cheers to building community, character, and furthering your growth. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.